Hey Asif here welcome to another episode of Hello Educator We received some request to do an episode on science education being in the same field and I was also contemplating the idea of doing one on the flaw in science education Having said that I felt that everyone needs to clearly understand what science is in the first place there is a fundamental misunderstanding there itself so today on the show we have a science educator and communicator Obli Chandran Obli teaches physics and math to children through astronomy he writes science articles for the hindu young world Obli is also the co-founder of Mango Education is one of those teachers i truly admire and uh, have learned a lot from we had long conversations this interview is split into two episodes in this episode we will be discussing about science learning science and understanding science applied science and technology hi obli welcome to the show hi asif so you are a, a phd tech alumnus and uh, your uh, your education background uh, with respect to your uh, graduation was uh, in textile technology but then like how did you end up uh, becoming a science educator yeah so first of all i never thought i would become a science educator or science enthusiast myself but when i was in college or in school rather i was always interested in science i was always interested in how things work and my most favorite subject used to be physics and more than math and chemistry and everything else physics was my favorite subject so but i did not uh, get the interest of becoming a researcher or a scientist but i always had this interest of knowing about things how they work so of course since my father was also into textiles i've been with him for a very long time so i also garnered interest towards textiles and that is how i chose uh, textiles as my program for in college education and of course i was interested in textiles and even during after my graduation i went into a textile based job because i was interested but during the college times also i used to visit libraries a lot to learn about general science not just related to textiles about physics about black holes neutron stars i used to take a lot of books and read it so after uh, coming into uh, my work routine uh, after my college I somehow felt I lost the time to learn about science or read books which I used to do when I was in college. So at uh, maybe 2 years down the line into my work I started feeling so uh, empty in terms of uh, my knowledge being filled up. Of course my job was giving me certain experiences in terms of knowledge about textiles or how businesses work how markets work but my other uh, bucket was empty the knowledge for science. So that made me uh, you know decide okay maybe it's time i should spend more time on learning about science and i realized doing both the work and science would not work go hand in hand because you need to spend enough time to do the justice to it by learning spending enough time on it so that's when i decided to quit my job and uh, enter teaching because i thought if you can teach science that would be the best way to learn science also so that's why made the people call it a bold decision my family has always been like how could you do such thing you're in a very uh, comfortable job because i said i can't take it anymore it's not that i hate textiles but i loved something more than textiles which i had to decide on that time so we have uh, spent quite a lot of uh, time together at uh, mango education what has fascinated me is the way you approach learning the way you learn things let's talk a little bit about that it my learning journey uh, started uh, in a uh, particular in astronomy started with the book called cosmos by carl sagan carl sagan dr carl sagan is one of the most renowned uh, 
astrophysicist and also is a science communicator you now he has done the uh, videos a series called cosmos and of course some of you may have seen it now neil degrasse tyson is doing it but before him uh, carl sagan had uh, uh, was doing it so i read the book about cosmos and when when i read about the book it did not talk just about astronomy it talked about science in general and why science is important you know as part of everyday life then reading that book gave me a lot of uh, interest in terms of learning more about science and astronomy so that's when my learning journey began and then i started reading more and more books around astronomy i started collecting it i became obsessed with collecting books so there are some of the books i have not read yet because of lack of time but still they are lying in my uh, bookshelf so each time i read a book there are two things i do one i read chapters very slowly because to let the things digest in and also i ask questions uh, each time i read a chapter anything do i have a doubt in this chapter and if i do have a doubt in the chapter which is not covered by the book which the explanation is not sufficient in the book i go to the internet i talk to people who may know about it so this is how i you know before i move on to the next concept or next chapter in a book i make sure that what i have learned is clear i don't like you know let things you know be unfulfilled in terms of understanding and then progress so that's how i learn and because as you keep reading you may not understand a few concepts and you you still think okay let let's read read about it later and you progress but this thing that you've left in the beginning will turn out to be a very important piece of puzzle that you need to understand something larger so it's always better to you know learn everything in minute details before you progress that's how i approach learning and second thing is uh, once i've read the book i don't let go of the book for example cosmos i read like 4 years ago but even today whenever i have time i just go back and read one of the chapters like which i because some some of the things you need to refresh yourself in terms of understanding you just can't let go of it the basic feel is there but to keep recollecting and reminding yourself about the subjects you have to keep refreshing it so that's how i approach learning what is also interesting is like uh, for a given topic i mean i have observed that you know let's say it's if it is gravity you will have seen you learn about gravity from different authors like How, what what difference does it make what influence does it uh, have on learning yeah so uh, let us take uh, talk about gravity for example so of course you know different authors have uh, talked about gravity uh, communicate gravity to to the kids and students but of course all of them when they talk about it the equations for gravity don't change meaning uh, newton's laws are same for every author einstein's relativity the the equations are same for every author but how the approach in explaining the concepts to the readers change they use different examples they use different analogies they use different situations to, ex- to explain the same concept you can do uh, approach in different ways that you can learn from different authors not every author approaches the same way some of them will take up real time examples like you know uh, one that happens in everyday life and teach you gravity some of them will take hypothetical situations like thought experiments like which einstein was very famous at to explain about certain concepts so there are different approaches and uh, the reason also i learn from different authors is like you know the history of how the understanding of gravity has evolved for example uh, 2000 years ago the understanding of gravity for humans was different and as the times progressed newton had different insights to uh, for him to come up with these equations and now einstein is there you know who uh, was able to cover things that newton had left out the certain domains where newton's laws could not be applied so he was able to come up with you know different set of equations that can be applied universally so these things uh, uh, what did what was going through einstein's mind to to have this change of thought and what was going through newton's mind and what was the uh, people who before newton who contributed to newton's 
understanding of gravity all those things you know different authors will talk about it to different extents so if you learn it from one author you may just learn about the equation but if you learn it from another author he may talk about the historical perspective of how gravity has come about again if you stop with that author he may have missed out certain points from the history which other author might fill in those gaps so reading from a variety of authors on the same topic will give you an entire understanding of the spectrum from the past to the present and what to look forward in the future Carl Sagan uh, quoted that you know science is ever changing. Uh, uh, yes. People prove things, people disprove things, and it keeps on uh, yes. changing or evolving. So um, there is this uh, general notion among the common people that you know science is not always true. Right? It's it's the general notion. Okay. Uh, you know you, you today you say that you know uh, uh, fertilizer is uh, uh, great. Tomorrow you say that oh okay you you have to. Uh, leave it uh, naturally to uh, grow. So, uh, how how could how can we explain this to the uh, common people about uh, what exactly science is all about? Okay, so there's a huge uh, you know uh, misconception about the word science, and it's one of the most misused words. You know, people use science. People uh, even things that are not true. People try to validate it by using the word science, the science of something, science of this, and science of that. But Science is not just a collection of facts. You know, it's not like sun rises in the east. It's not just a statement. Okay, but to arrive at a fact, it's not like easy to arrive. Like it came in my dream that you know this fact. So the, after the dream that I've spoken this word, now this becomes the fact. It is not a story. It is not something built over the imaginations of people over the centuries. So it has got a process before you arrive at a fact. Like for example, gravity. You know, gravity accelerates a body uh, towards the ground. Like for example, Earth pulls the objects down. Of course, people know that uh, gravity pulls things down. But at what rate? What are the equations that govern them? Newton was able to come. It is not just an overnight thing that has come through his mind. You know, he has worked out. And to prove things, we need to do experiments. I can tell you very briefly about what science is. You what? Now people normally see the end of it, which is the results. But what has led to the result? People. Totally ignore or not aware of. So you have a random phenomenon that is happening, and you're trying to explain. For example, you observe the rainbow for the first time, and people, I'm sure, were not sure how a rainbow is formed. People might have thought it was an act of God, and someone is, you know, making the rainbow at the moment to make people happy. But how rainbows actually work, people did not know. So if you were in such a situation where you don't understand how rainbows form, what could you possibly do to know it? First is observation. Of course, you have to observe the rainbow in the first place to know it exists. Second thing, you will have to form a hypothesis. And a hypothesis is something like you know what I think might be true. Okay, this is happening. I think due to this phenomenon, maybe there are, there is rain. Maybe there is a suspended air particle that is creating a rainbow. Maybe there is someone shining a light from behind to create the rainbow. So these are different explanations, or rather possibilities for the rainbows to form. So you can create them as form of hypothesis. Then once hypothesis is done, it is not true. Just remember, hy- hypothesis is not a truth statement. It's not a fact. It's just an understanding of yourself about the phenomenon. Okay, this could be the possible reason. So what could be the next step? Next step, your hypothesis should be lead to a testable prediction. So can your hypothesis uh, give a uh, way to test? So can your explanation be right? Can it be tested? So you call it testable predictions. So those testable predictions be subject to experiments. those experiments will eventually give the results the results need not essentially align with your hypothesis may the results may prove that the hypothesis is wrong the results can be negative or positive if it is positive if your explanation seems to give the right 
you know results that you predicted then next step again this it doesn't stop with the results then it has to go to a next step called peer review peer review is something like anybody should be able to do exactly what you have done and get the same results it's like the results should be reproducible in that sense and repeatable it's not like this experiment can be done only once in a lifetime and it can never be done again like it's once in a lifetime opportunity and i use the opportunity to do the experiment and i got the results no it is not a fact it should be repeatable it should be repeatable and also reproducible by any person who follows the same method that you follow so this ensures that you know it is being self guided one can't be biased that that remember in science there will always be people who try to prove you wrong that is a very important factor you know for example newton you know did came up with the laws of gravity people have been trying to prove him wrong it's not like it's a bad attitude it is someone you know wants uh, no newton has to be wrong no he can't be right so it's despite that newton's equations have survived till date so that tells the veracity of the uh, or the confidence on which you can rely on newton's laws despite the fact that people have put efforts to prove him wrong he has not been able to of course uh, in certain domains his equations don't work that's when relativity has come in that's a different story i'll tell about that later when uh, if you have different questions on that einstein's relativity for example people are trying to prove einstein wrong even today and there's a team of people who really want to prove him wrong one is one is that okay this guy has proven einstein wrong and second thing is the feeling that i am right this people people have been trying to do that but the truth is uh, despite the fact that the newton came up with the relativity uh, uh, special theory in 1905 and general theory of relativity in 1915 it has stood the test of time 100 years later people have started collecting more and more evidences that favor his theory rather than proving against it of course right now i am coming to hear a few uh, places where einstein's uh, relativity don't seem to work Like for example, very close to a black hole or inside a black hole. But again, that's the beauty of a theory; it evolves. People try to disprove you, but if you stand the test of time, that's the best thing about science. So there is a, a misunderstanding between um, what science is and what applied sciences or techniques or differences between uh, science and uh, technology. Yeah. so it's a very interesting question because it needs to go into the public because people a lot of people uh, misunderstand what science is in general so uh, science is uh, studying about the fundamental nature of how things around us work how the universe works how the evolution has happened how plants grow it's a fundamental understanding of something it's a concept that for example gravity how gravity works what are the equations that govern gravity or how light works and what are the laws that light obeys so it's about understanding the things around you and how what laws govern them and that is science and to ask if science is good or bad doesn't make sense because uh, i i normally tell a story you like you know you uh, to kids in the class so that you know i think i can share the same example so adults can also understand so you see a stone uh, a rock a small piece of rock on the road and i ask kids like is that rock a good thing or a bad thing and that left uh, students confused some of them went on to say the rocks can both be useful and bad like it can be useful because i can create fire out of it or i can use it make it uh, do some work like you know do an artwork by sculpting it so i can make it useful for me but another kid said i can use the same rock to kill somebody to throw it on somebody or to destroy a building and destroy uh, something so the whether the rock is good or not is an invalid question doesn't make sense it depends on the person who goes on to use it so 
science is the same thing science cannot be given a word like fat or lean or good or bad thick or thin cannot be described by an adjective so for example gravity you can ask me is gravity a good thing or a bad thing it's definitely a bad thing for someone who's jumping off the building because it's going to pull him down and kill him but it's going to be definitely useful for someone like in hydroelectricity where water comes down because of gravity and makes the motor run and generate electricity. So whether gravity is good or bad depends on the person or the situation in which the concept is applied. So why science is important then? Because I can use the concept, my understanding to uh, you know uh, make things work the way it wants it. For, for example, Newton's laws. Is the Newton's laws uh, for gravity and force, is it a good thing or a bad thing? The same Newton's laws are used for the working of a gun. A gun works on the Newton's uh, principles, the first law, second law and third law. So it, it is bad because it can kill people. The same Newton's three laws can be used to launch a rocket into space. So is Newton's laws good or bad? It depends on how you use it. The laws are the laws. Laws tell you how things move under certain conditions. That is science begins and ends there. And people who build on those concepts to create things for themselves, that is why it becomes good or bad and that is what is applied sciences or technology i can use that concept to you know uh, do things another example i can give you is the nuclear power for example uh, uh, hiroshima and nagasaki you know were bombed by nuclear uh, bombs that was definitely a bad thing but is science bad then no the nuclear power then the concept of nuclear physics itself is not bad it is merely an understanding of how an unstable nucleus when it is broken into two smaller nuclei can give off enormous amount of power. It is just an understanding. It is how it is. It is how nature behaves. And that is science. And how it is used, obviously the United States used it in a negative way to, you know, to create an impact in the war. But the same nuclear power is today now being used to power millions of homes, electricity by a form of nuclear power plants. So is it bad or good? No, it's science cannot be put into the category of describing it using an adjective. It's just science. And technology comes, technology can be bad again, depends on how you use it. Another interesting example I can give you is electromagnetism, like Michael Faraday. Uh, there was a time when, you know, people thought electricity and magnetism were not connected to each other. Like, today we essentially know they are two sides of the same coin, they are connected to each other. But when uh, Michael Faraday discovered this uh, fundamental nature of uh, uh, the things around us, uh, there was a presentation that he made to a group of people, I think there was a late group of people where one of the top officials asked him, I do not know who it was, but of what, you, this, what you've done is so beautiful, it is very nice to see, it's visually appealing, but of what use this is, uh, that is the question that was posed to Michael Faraday, he apparently said, the legend says it that, he said it's like a newborn baby and it doesn't make sense to ask what use this new, newborn baby is of you know it doesn't make sense because it depends on the person who grooms it it will become what it becomes depends on how he's being used but baby is a baby science concept is a concept it has no value as such so in that sense i would say uh, you have a concept that can be like for example electromagnetism as a concept it is there it can lie there without being used also people can just know about it people can enjoy that it is how it works and stop there but they can also go on to use it like for example to make the fans that you know you're sitting under right now work or the mixy that you use and grinders that you use to work or the hydroelectric power plants that the motors can rotate so everything can happen because of these concepts those are all applied sciences the concepts have been applied to make something move in a certain way that you want it to be useful for you that is applied science and tech beautiful beautifully yeah. put we see a lot of uh, uh, you know 
religious leaders and uh, religious uh, gurus um who have uh, picked up uh, science which seems to be a uh, you know it's it's a, it's a good development probably like you know probably they are making some attempts to think scientifically uh, so i happen to listen to one of the gurus where uh, he talks about uh, subjective science and objective science like do we have anything existing like that how do you see this kind of uh, discussions thank you for bringing up this question it's a very important question you know uh, first of all science is science there is no division it there is of course division in terms of physics chemistry biology depending on which domain you choose to work from but there's no division of science in terms of ancient science modern science eastern science western science science done in the northern hemisphere science done in the southern hemisphere or science done in certain geographical part of the country or, or of of the world or science done on mars is different from science done on earth the science has no such divisions so to to claim that uh, there is something called a subjective science it is not true science cannot be subjective for example i might feel something about the world like you know i might feel that you know there is a planet out there that is orbiting the sun that has a huge influence on me and the way that my life works i may believe it and i may come up with the entire theory and set of calculations and math the equations you know that connecting things but it need not be true it is only my opinion of what thing i think that it could be that is subjective i might for for, for example you know uh, meditating for example sitting down and doing breathing exercises might give me a lot of peace but that doesn't mean that is that has to be true for everybody it's all subjective if it's doing good for you you can do it i don't have the rights to get into the uh, privacy of an individual to say whether to pray or not or to do this or not it is an individual right and to me to talk about it is a breach of privacy but on the other hand when you say what you do is the right thing and it is scientific and try to promote it like it is science to the general public and that is when we will have to step in because the word science is being used to do whatever you are doing whatever you feel is right that cannot be science and that is subjective and science cannot be subjective in terms for example gravity works for you and me both of us jump off the building both of us will, will fall down at exactly the same rate so science is objective in sense so people might think you know it, it is tempting i understand why people of talk of subjective science it is tempting there's something that is beyond explanation there's something that you know uh, people are try- not trying to get it. only i get it because i felt it through my you know meditation or prayer whatever i feel something that these people are not trying uh, getting it so i there should be something called a subjective science but we others are not getting it but science cannot be that science has to be universal applicable to everything and anything and it should be true for everybody only then you can claim something to be true yeah i cannot claim something to be true that only i think it is true everyone should agree that it is true and how do you make everybody agree that something is true people across different ideologies people across different uh, religions people across different uh, political backgrounds people across so, so much of diverse set of people with diverse thoughts and belief systems how do you make them all agree on one thing that is universally accepted it has to be scientifically true gravity is being accepted by everybody whether you are a christian or a muslim or a hindu or a, a communist or a leftist anybody you agree on gravity so there is one universal truth that everybody agrees upon how did that truth come about to scientific methods and that is called science there is no communism based science there is no leftist based science there is no centrist based science there is no christian science muslim science or hindu science or modern science it's all every entire human race agrees upon a fact based on a certain method that i told you like hypothesis and you know 
going through testable predictions, experimenting, peer reviewing, and that is how you uh, come about scientific things. It's not subjective thing. Like, you know, I feel I have a group of followers who would believe anything what I say. Just because I have a, about a million followers who believe anything in I say blindly, that does not make it science. Even a hundred people might believe that, you know, uh, uh, some, uh, imagine this thing, you know, uh, uh, I claim that using my powers, I'm able to do something and I'm, I demonstrate it right in front of them and people see it to be true, which is similar to magic. And of course, anyone who's seen magics can relate very well to miracles. Miracles are popped up. But anything that I feel is right or I see things right in front of me happening and I can't explain how that is happening cannot be a reason for, you know, some other uh, worldly explanations. You have to investigate a little more to understand it. And science cannot be subjective. Science has to be objective. Evolution is true for me. Evolution is true for you. Evolution is true for a frog and everybody. It applies universally. And also it has got no geographical barriers. If I do an experiment using Newton's laws on Mars, it should work. If I do an experiment concerning light, how it behaves, it should work on Mars. It should work in another galaxy. So it is universal in its application. It is not subjective to me. Whether, like people might say, oh, why should I believe when Obli says it, you know, I do not believe what he says. So you can do it yourself and check it. That's the beauty of science. When people say you don't have to take our word for if Newton is right or wrong. You have Newton's law written down in the language of mathematics. You can use those laws to do it and check it yourself and you can find it true. Some of the topics are very difficult to check it because you know, it requires a complex set of mechanisms to do it, like laboratories do it. Some of the laws are very easy to test it in everyday life. You can do it too. You don't have to believe us. The best thing about science is you don't have to believe in something. It is true. And science by nature is subjective. It cannot be subjective. And please, uh, you know, move away from those words like ancient science, modern science, objective science and subjective sciences. It's one thing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That brings us to the end of part one of this interview. Hello Educator is produced by Mango Education. This episode was edited by Mutu Selvi. The original theme music is by Karthik and Casey. I'm the host of the show, Asif. Hello Educator is available on all podcasting apps. If you are listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, please review us. You will help us get some visibility. Thanks again for listening. Catch you in the next episode.